From Milwaukee's NPR, this is Capital Notes. We break down the big political news affecting Wisconsin. I'm Chuck Quirmbach, filling in for Mayan Silver, speaking with J.R. Ross, editor of WISPolitics.com. Here's our latest conversation. Well, hi, J.R. Welcome to the end of the year, Capital Notes 2022. It's, it's been something. Yeah, it's been entertaining, if nothing else, for sure. Well, top on our list is perhaps the elections of 2022. Uh, the governor stayed the same. The U.S. senator stayed the same. But these were nonetheless very important and high-profile races. Yeah, I mean, there's the power of incumbency and the power of money. Both probably played a role in Governor Tony Evers getting reelected and Ron Johnson as well. Interesting, though, the Evers' reelection may have more impact for Wisconsin because it changes the trajectory of the capital. You know, Ron Johnson's going back to the Senate for a third term. There's been no change in the control of that chamber, so he's not going to really influence things in a significant way. He's not going to be a chairman. Evers, however, you know, if it had been a Governor Michaels, Republicans would be talking about moving toward a flat tax in Wisconsin, for example, talking about universal school choice. I mean, talking about any number of priorities. They're still talking about them. They have to get Tony Evers either on board or find a way around him. And right now they don't have enough votes in both chambers to override a veto from the governor. So Evers changes everything in terms of what's going to happen in the Capitol for the next couple of years. Now, the question for him is, what does he want his legacy to be? Uh, I asked him if he's going to seek a reelection in 2026. He said that's a long ways away, you know, and he'll make the, that decision far down the road. I don't think people expect him to run again for a third term. He'd be 75 at the end of this one. So the question is, does he want to work with lawmakers to get things accomplished or keep throwing bills at, or ideas at them or provisions in the budget only see them reject them? Uh, it's really going to be interesting to watch that dynamic. He did reach out to both Robin Voss, the Assembly Speaker, and Devin Lemon, here, the Assembly Ruler, right after the election. He met with them in person, which is first in quite a long time. So there are positive signs of the question is what kind of relationship can they forge to get things done? Well, you mentioned Robin Voss. I was going to ask about Voss and uh, former state Supreme Court Justice Michael Gableman also being sort of top political stories of the year. Uh, am I correct? Yeah, it's been interesting. Robin Voss opened the door to all the kind of craziness that came out of the Gableman investigation by putting him in charge of that review of the 2020 election. And I've yet to find anybody that was convinced me or argued to me convincingly that there's really a serious upside for Robin Voss in doing that. Now, it was done probably to try to keep Donald Trump kind of at bay to, you know, satisfy him that they were looking at 2020, but there was no real end game other than Robin Voss kind of helped shield his members from Trump's wrath, right? Beyond that, Robin Voss got a lot of criticism about that investigation. Gableman, you know, caught him off guard by proposing or telling lawmakers they should seriously look at decertifying the 2020 election results. I got a copy of the draft report that Gableman gave to Voss before that testimony in March. It did not include that section recommending they look at decertification. So it's not a great idea to catch your boss on, off guard about something like that. Trump continued to pressure Robin Voss to decertify the election, though we know that's not possible legally. And ended up getting Robin Voss hauled in front of the January 6th committee to provide a, a deposition. I mean, it, there wasn't a whole lot of upside. And what's more, the Gableman probe didn't produce a lot of recommendations for bills, which was the original idea, right? It was going to help craft legislation to address election procedures in Wisconsin. That didn't happen. And it ended up costing taxpayers 
like 1.5 million and counting between what Galen actually spent on what he did and the legal bills that have come out of it over open records lawsuits and other things involved with the investigation. Finally, for this version on the political front, the first elected black mayor in Milwaukee, Cavalier Johnson. Uh, your thoughts on the significance of that? You know, it's a changing of the guard. Tom Barrett had been mayor for a long time. You know, you have some young uh, black leaders in Milwaukee who are in positions of power between the mayor, county executive, county council, and county board. Now, the question is, what can they get done that wasn't done before? Both David Crowley and Kevlar Johnson have talked about trying to work with Republicans in the state capitol to get things like a local referendum on a sales tax, a local sales tax that they could use to kind of address costs. They've urged them to put more money into shared revenue, the A that goes to local governments help pay for costs. I mean, they're trying to move the ball forward for Milwaukee to improve things. It's still kind of a wait and see about whether they'll actually get anything done in convincing those guys to uh, provide more revenue for the city of Milwaukee and the county of Milwaukee. 2022, uh, what a year. Thank you very much, JR, and have a happy new year. Hey, same to you. That was J.R. Ross of wispolitics.com speaking with me, WUWM's Chuck Quirmbach. Listen for our segments every Monday and check out the Capital Notes podcast wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs>